This is Patton, and I'm sitting here with Nick and Marcus of the Big Bang Wrestling Show. Make sure you listen to the whole thing so you can find out what my first gimmick name was. I'm not too proud of it, but you'll hear about it first here on Big Bang Wrestling. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Big Bang Wrestling. I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm Nick. And today we are joined by Virginia's own wrestling legend here at Doc Patton. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I would say I'm far from legend status. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've been wrestling, you said, for since 2007? So I wrestled from 2007 to 2010, actively throughout the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, took a break, built a little career in the Army, and uh, wrote some books, Came back into entertainment, and uh, now I'm lacing up the boots and and bringing it again throughout the Mid-Atlantic for the time being. All right. Uh, you told us before that you didn't always wrestle as Doc Patton. When no, no. Before Patton came to life, uh, just before the um, pandemic time, when they shut down live events, Patton was ready to go to the ring, and then live events closed down. So I had to pivot, like a lot of us. You had to change gears, yeah. that kind of thing. And so... Uh, I just didn't pack it up. I didn't stuff it in the attic. It was ready again when live events were ready uh, to come back. So it was patent. But before we got that going, it was gamble. Um, I think it's fun when you find out the story of different characters that right. find themselves, you know, reaching certain levels of stardom. And you go, oh, but before that, yeah, it was this guy. <laughs> And do you believe they did this to them before yeah. that? So yeah, can you believe that this guy? Oh man, <laughs> some of the stuff is pretty wild. I uh, think the funniest one for me, like when I think about who guys were before, yeah. is like Dolph Ziggler. No, he's Rock. the cheerleader. Yeah, he yeah. started out in the Spirit Squad. Yeah. Spirit Squad, like Kane. He was the dentist with the rotten teeth. Yeah, and then a year <laughs> later, he's you know Undertaker's brother. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> but what made you decide you wanted to become a pro wrestler? What moment was it for you that made you decide to do that? The first time or the second time? <laughs> the, <laughs> the first, first time. time. <laughs> we'll start at the very beginning. Um, got you into it. So truly, I had a, uh, a career uh, in competitive, drug-free bodybuilding. Right. And okay. uh, so I had a certain look. I was mm -hmm. young. And it may be before your time. But there was MySpace before there was a yeah, Facebook. Back in the old days. Yeah, <laughs> easy now. Well, at the time, you know, there was some local talent and they're like, hey, is this really you? And you're, you know, really 25, no injuries, no kids. And these pictures are of you. This might be a good fit for a tryout here in Hubert News, Virginia. And um, it was a really cool transition because I think every young man at some point, whether seven, eight, nine years old, wants to be a professional wrestler yeah. because yeah. if it's on your TV, you think, yeah. man, I can do that. And if you've got a brother or a fr small friend you can practice on, yeah. it's going to happen. <laughs> I had two older brothers. and So, that so was, you were the practice yeah, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I'm bigger than both of them. Now they don't want to wrestle anymore. So oh, it's interesting. Funny, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I went to Newport News and, and got uh, absolutely humbled. Uh, right. They started me off as I mean, a bodybuilder. I, I look like the picture of health, but I mean, honestly, you know, being truthful, bodybuilding itself isn't the most healthy. Right. Yeah. So they made me run, run uh, five miles, and then we started learning how to run the ropes, back bumps, attacking the mat. Yeah. What, are you afraid of the mat? Attack the mat. <laughs> the whole thing. So. But after the first day, you was already hurting. It didn't take the whole day to get there. I was <laughs> very, very humble. We had some uh, collegiate-style wrestlers that were – uh, real champions uh, out of Lafayette High School, the Hall Stars, twin brothers that they were just tagging in. And uh, like, you don't have to beat them. You just have to not get pinned. Just go. <laughs> so Ross would get a little tired and he'd tag James in. And then I'm, and I'm, I'm fighting these. I, I was, I wasn't trained. I just had to get off my back and, right. and try to get over on and use some of that strength that uh, really wasn't, uh, I guess, hewed into what we needed to do uh, to produce what you, see in the ring now right. so so now were you a fan of wrestling growing up did you in in seasons there are always right. seasons of things and mm -hmm. so as a, as a kid i grew up just loving sting and mm -hmm. uh, lex luger and uh ultimate warrior kurt hennig and uh rick rude right all yeah. time 
and then you get away from it. You get interested in different things. And, yeah. uh, and then I'll never forget the night that my, my brother, who's five years my junior, mm -hmm. uh, he comes running up into my bedroom and he goes, you got to come down and you got to see this. I mean, this, you got to come see it now. It's on TV. It's the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And he's going to beat Shawn Michaels. He's going to fight Shawn Michaels for the title right now on Monday Night Raw Live. Come on, you got to come down and see this. And his, his, his insane enthusiasm for what was happening, right. I came out and I go, oh, I remember this. Right. I know what this is. And without, you know, squashing the you know Santa Claus Easter Bunny story, I'm just like, Okay. <laughs> back, back into it again. And so I, little by little, because it was on every night, I mean, right. he was hooked. And so it was in the house. And uh, uh, one of my high school girlfriends, uh, her brother, just two years ahead of us, was addicted to it. And so I'm just trying to kiss her in the next room. But they were making so much noise. <laughs> rest on. And uh, it was just so much uh, around it with the hype. Rock, Stone Cold, Ken Shamrock. Yeah. I mean, Jericho, the guys were, I mean, larger than life again. And just like wrestling, people's fandom and following kind of goes in seasons. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I true. know for a while, even I started to get out of it. Yeah. And then it was like right about the time where the Miz had won WWE title. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. when I started getting more back yeah, into about it. 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's weird because that's about the time that I got out of it. But the second <laughs> time, <laughs> it was around that period. Hmm. But, um, then when I was in college, somebody showed me New Japan, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, if well, you've been away from the product and then you're exposed to that, yeah. your interest is immediately revived. Because yeah. the first time I saw Nakamura from New Japan, I'm like, they can do that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, they, these guys like fighting. Like, what are, yeah. you know? And I was big into MMA at the time, so it's sure. really... Sure. A lot of crossover. Yeah. What was the match you had showed me? It was like, it was like a 10-minute match. And they're just beating the absolute uh, it was, hell out of each other. It was G1 Climax from 2013, and it was Ishii and Shibata. It's just like a 12-minute match, but you, just all they did was just kick the crap out of each other the entire match. Sure. Just sweat, spit, flying everywhere, yeah. and they just looked like they were just trying to hurt each other for real. <laughs> yeah. Until, and even that brain buster at the end was, yeah. was stiff. Sure. And yeah, that's what actually what brought me back was that actual. Because <laughs> I don't know how familiar you are with New Japan or if you watch that at all. I'm not very familiar with it. Like, I'll catch glimpses of it, but he's more of our New Japan guy. Sure. <laughs> so I can hang. <laughs> I can hang. Just, I, I love that strong style. Sure. Like, absolutely. The first time I saw it, it was like, yeah, I'm hooked. Well, I have to send you the uh, most recent match I had with uh, Tyler Shade. Mm -hmm. um, spoilers. We had a. Uh, a local show out of Round One Wrestling, uh, which is a school here mm -hmm. in Williamsburg, uh, not far from where we are. Okay. And uh, one of the talent that I got to work with, he um, and I just both had an understanding of what the presentation value uh, was expected of the other. Right. And by the time we got to the back, the locker room was looking at us like, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. Are you guys okay? <laughs> and so when we had our meeting uh, afterward, uh, the referee, he came back and was like, what are you guys so mad about? <laughs> <laughs> you guys sort it out? Like, yeah, you so get it all out. We just, we, just, we just put together a match for yeah. you guys. And they're like, well, we all thought you guys were mad as hell. We really yeah. thought that you guys were. And and I love that because people have an expectation or they have a, an understanding of the membrane of knowledge and the guy behind the curtain kind of thing. And if they go, you – you did that on purpose? Yeah. 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 When you got them questioning. Yeah, imagine what, what the people just... watching are yeah. thinking. Right. Exactly. And so uh, we talked a little bit before the cameras went on uh, about wrestling out in West by God, Virginia, and more rural parts. And you got, you know, generations of people that come out to the shows, yeah. grandparents bringing yeah. out their kids. And they're yeah. like, this is my grandson's first ma match live. And, you know, they'll get me off at uh, intermission and go, I know this isn't all real, but you guys were <laughs> killing each other. <laughs> and you're going to get them next time. I know it. You're going to get them. Get them. And, yeah. and I go, ah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Definitely you, just, get you keep cheering. I'm pulling you in. You got to come get me. <laughs> so, going back towards your training, mm -hmm. overall, how was your training? So you trained here in the local area. Right. I trained with a VCW camp, and right. uh, it was 14 months of wrestling school. Wow. 
how was the experience there? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was great because I did have uh, a rotation of instructors. The teachers that came through uh, had uh, really great knowledge, great experiences, uh, and then they were just bold enough to tell me when I wasn't doing anything good or, you know, Hey, you got to think about this. This is, this is good over here. So leave that right there. And you got to bring up this weakness or this area over here. Yeah. And, uh, I do feel like the, the varied perspectives that were shared, Sean Denny, um, he's from the UK and he provided a perspective that was different than, uh, the twins, the hall stars, right. um, which provided a different perspective than, uh, Pat Cusick who had wrestled with, uh, the WCW crew. Okay. And you got CW Anderson coming yeah. through there and going, what is this? You guys are looking awful. And, <laughs> and he'd said a straight out some previous yeah. guests. Sounds, that that sounds like him. Him. <laughs> um, you know, just learning who to pay attention to, right. And, you know, what to filter out and that kind of thing. Well, where's this guy been? And it's not just a matter of uh, professional success, but where they've been long-term, long right now, and what do they bring to the table? Right. Okay. Um, well, if you had to pick out, like, one day or one story from training that really stuck out, uh, let's see. what would that be? I think I'm going to put my friend uh, Janice was his work name. Uh, but Jay Nobles, he's got a beautiful family down in Florida. Uh, he had the opportunity to work with FCW um, pretty directly after being uh, scooped up. Uh, he went to a, a local show, WWE show, with uh, Phil Brown, who's kind of a local legend for us. If you were call anybody a legend, I'd say Phil Brown Scott. I've heard the name. I've heard yeah, his name, I've but I can't it. think of who he is. Though. No, you haven't felt his chops. And you never <laughs> <laughs> but um, he had brought Jay uh, to an event and of course told him to dress sharp, bring your bag. And uh, he was scooped up. And within weeks we were watching him on uh, WrestleMania as one of the henchmen uh, escorting Floyd Mayweather to the ring. Okay. Uh, for, wow. And just as luck would have it, uh, you know, Jay had the opportunity to get some real face-to-face -face interaction with uh, then Paul or Paul White. Yeah. Um, just as huge as Jay was, and you met, you asked about the training, so we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> I just remember practicing with him, and he's six two. He's a drug free athlete. He'll he'll fool you every time because you'll go, Nah, man, there's no way you can get this big muscular. <laughs> just, and and uh, he's just got an insane work ethic. Love him, love you, brother. And uh, I just remember having to put his arm over my head if I wanted to hook him for something. Yeah. I'm going, God, this is just an arm. <laughs> I was doing so it. much meat, and I was all, I was really humble. I mean, as a body guy in my little category, to be wowed by someone's uh, humility with that amount of muscle that they carried, I was, it was a, a moment of revelation. I remember we'd have it uh, the the door would be kind of rolled up as one of those industrial you know like spots where the wrestling school was, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of those hellacious hot Virginia yeah. humid days, and we had the door rolled up, and I'm throwing Jay's arm over me and going <laughs> suplex. <laughs> you just can't breathe. Can't yeah, breathe. but it just uh, he went on and he did. Uh, I think he he had a, a really fun run. I feel like he was really fulfilled. I feel like he was really smart um, as far as his business, and he he kept his money right and he made himself available and. They, he, I, he was used as Vic Adams for a time uh, down in FCW. And uh, then he got out of the business. He's working in, uh, in the health and wellness industry. And he's okay. got, like I said, he's got a, a fantastic family down there. That's so I love awesome. seeing a success yeah, story that doesn't end like a crash and burn. You yeah. know, yeah. Oh, you hear about so many. Uh, he was doing well. And then uh, we'll talk yeah. about that. Like, yeah. uh, that that's a, seems, unfortunately, that seems to be a pretty common thing in wrestling. Somebody, they're doing well. And then all of a sudden it's just up in flames. Not the case here. No, and that's good. That's yeah. great to hear. For yeah, sure. That is pretty awesome. Definitely. So, for VCW, over here in Newport News, I know like Gangrel, he comes through there a lot too, don't he? He's performed for the company several times, yeah. Uh, a lot of times, whenever I see them post something online, Gangrel's always right. there in some capacity that I've seen. Billy Gunn. Uh, that's, oh, that's another one I've heard great. about. Yeah, they've, they've had some real greats. I mean, even if we're going to bring it up, uh, Bobby Eaton, who's uh, no longer with us, he, he'd been in that locker room a couple of times. I'd seen Barbarian. Um, you know, they were good for bringing in a few of the classic guys hmm. that definitely uh, influenced us. Right. Uh, we'll say Raven. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a memorable time. Now, did you ever get to work with Bobby? I did not. I that was just not for 
I mean, come on, he's a tower. What am I going to do? <laughs> it's so big. No, no. The, the big guys I worked with were uh, younger big guys. You know? Okay. And that I got you. was just fine for where I was I at. So tell us a little bit about your career like after your training had completed. Sure. So um, I did promise on Twitter, at Killing Patton, um, <laughs> that I would talk about some embarrassing stories. I have no problem putting myself out there and having fun. Wrestling, can, I take wrestling very seriously, yes, but come on, there is so much to be enjoyed. Oh, and oh, I don't oh, mind oh, yeah. taking the piss if it's on me. So uh, my first match uh, was in a high school uh, auditorium that uh, had me very deliberately trying to get over a couple of things. One, that I was the face. <laughs> and two, that I was an Italian somebody. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had much longer hair, clean shaven, uh, the sideburns and all that. Like, yeah, I guess I look Italian. Guido, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> and uh, so they put me out there. Literally, they announced me as Babyface Batucci, which is oh, wow. pretty wow. much on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was in borrowed trunks and I'm spending more time adjusting my overs yeah. <laughs> oversized butt cheeks in these little trunks. And uh, I feel like it was kind of a, a moment where you, you turned in the middle of the match because instead of chanting my name, they were chanting baby cakes <laughs> because my baby cakes were falling out of the damn right. trunks right. there. And, uh, so I was telling them to shut up, and I'm embarrassed, and they're embarrassing me, and they should stop it. <laughs> and so I kind of did a heel turn the first first match out, and that was Very okay. first night. Yeah, and uh, I'll never live it down. Uh, the ones that get me juicy enough to tell that story are like, oh, yeah, baby cakes. How you doing that, buddy? So, uh, so that was my introduction to the business, and I realized at that moment I was never going to go by that moniker again never ever <laughs> we're just gonna erase so, this from and so uh, it's never happened <laughs> before you get to ask it uh sean denny was the one that helped me come up with the name gamble which did catch on and that's mm -hmm. and that's how i wrestled for most of my uh, right my time throughout the mid-atlantic so, okay sean thanks a lot appreciate that so we'll definitely have to look up some of the matches yeah. as gamble because we tried looking them up as pat and like i said it's just hard to find any well give it a few weeks Give it a few weeks. We'll get out there. So you wrestled, you said, up to 2011? Uh, 2010. 10. By 2010, I had already talked to the Army recruiter mm -hmm. and was on my way to becoming a combat medic. Right. And I did that for six years and moved over a few times, made my way back to Virginia, um, shifted gears professionally, discovered it along the way that I was a writer. Okay. And uh, so storytelling is, is really the crux of what, wrestling is we right. just get to mm -hmm. tell it live and sometimes more improvised uh than scripted right. uh, but the idea is we want to tell a story to an audience across seven to 15 to 30 minutes and so what i found when i was getting out of the army was that i could do that with pen and paper and little by little or recently i discovered there's something in me that really wants to do that from a live crowd in wrestling trunks so it's storytelling, yeah. and uh, so I've got a, a best-selling book out. Um, Thirteen hundred hours is in okay, the military drama, okay. uh, and it's the first in a series. Okay, wow. So there's right. there's definitely more to come with that. Um, polishing a trilogy of short stories called Heroes and Ghosts. Now it's all okay. set in Richmond and uh, deals with the lives of first responders whose lives intertwine and kind of interesting ways and are these these books they're not available well you said 1300, 1300 hours, hours is available now yep. yep so i can send you that link so you can where can yeah. for anybody that might be interested in this yep. we'll post it on our social yep. media great too. where can they buy this book at amazon and um barnes and noble bookstores that's okay country. yeah that's awesome yeah we should have went to barnes and nobles and <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the veteran pathways home it's just for us so and so did you start the veteran pathways home? Or? No, I'd love to take credit for something that's taken a lot of blood, sweat, and tears out of the uh, the couple that have done this. Mike and Sharon have uh, basically put together a, uh, and we're going to switch gears from wrestling to <laughs> the setting that we're in right here on Terra Firma. We uh, are in the veteran pathways home, and this is a uh, service center for mental health services for our service members um, and frontline responders. It's not just limited to uh, the military. And it's not limited just to veterans. We're talking active duty service members that 
do not want their mental health inquiries reported to their front line, uh, right. their chain of command. And so we provide uh, chaplain services, uh, rehabilitative services, um, substance abuse, um, domestic abuse, abuse, all kinds of services that uh, you should be able to get on post, but without all the red tape. And that's a big deal. I know that was, yeah, even when I was in, that was a big deal for yeah. a lot of people who had things going on and they wanted to talk to somebody, but they couldn't because it was going to be sent up. Of course, yeah. of course. And so uh, just in real time, I mean, we're dealing with uh, you know a worldwide uh, crisis. I'm not talking about, yeah. I'm talking about, you know, what's going on in Afghanistan with our service members and allies. And we are one of three states, Virginia is one of three states, Wisconsin and Ohio also that are taking in the refugees. And so resettlement, um, emotional uh, stability, uh, psychological first aid, those are real, uh, real-time services that are being provided um, through the Veteran Pathways Home. So uh, more importantly than my book link, I'd love to make sure that we have a link um, so our listeners and everybody can yeah, plug absolutely. in to see what, what's being done here and, definitely. What, and what help needs to be done. Definitely. We need more hands than we realize. We thought it was busy before this last weekend. Right. Yeah, it's just, um, it's it's just, just up. picking up. Yeah. yeah. From what you're saying, this week is really about to. Really yeah. About to we just up. have a lot of work to do. And it's good work. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, yes, sir. Absolutely. No problem at all. Um, I said, we'll definitely, uh, when we post this episode, yeah, we'll post the links for links his books and definitely for the Veterans Pathways Home. Anybody that can get help through that, that's awesome. 100%. Anybody that we can reach out, maybe they've never heard of it, they might see it from us, that'd be great. For sure. Love it. So. Let's get back in the ring. Definitely. <laughs> so after you got out of the Army. Yeah. You said you got out of the Army, what, 20... 17. 2017. Is that when you got back into wrestling or were you mm. still taking time off and doing other things? No, I was still um, recovering from <laughs> being in the Army. And uh, a lot of it was being done on uh, pen and paper. I'd become a writer for a couple of lifestyle magazines, uh, traveled throughout the whole East Coast from Florida to New York. I was working oh, wow. with a veteran-owned company up there and um, was finally able to resettle back in Virginia. Uh, my sons are here, okay. um, remarried, and so we've got uh, a real base camp and laying some roots here. Uh, Definitely. That's awesome. I was in the, in the physical fitness business again. Um, I worked with a wonderful uh, firm locally and was able to really connect with some amazing people. And then I felt myself moving out of that more and more. And uh, like I said, I got in the ring, trained up about five months of training time before COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, and then I looked great and I was ready. I felt great. And then I had to put things on hold, but, yeah. um, COVID just pushed everything, everything back for like a whole year. We all had to pivot. We yeah, all had to pivot. Definitely. Um, but I was grateful for, um, the pause and the opportunity to be able to come back. Um, yeah. it looks like there are more opportunities now than ever. A great, uh, friend, Jason, who is with the Vices tag team out of Richmond. He's all over the place from Michigan to Florida. Wow. He is booked solid and it's hard to catch up with him, uh, but he's doing great, um, great things. He invited me back into the fold. He kind of smartened me back up to 2021 business versus how things were 10 years ago. Um, and the business has changed significantly. Yeah. So how do you think, that's what I was actually one thing I was going to ask you about too. How has it changed you know, now from 10, 15 years yeah, ago? So, so much. I mean, for, for one, uh, Papa Vince was in charge of everything yeah. at the time. Uh, TNA Wrestling had uh, a footprint, but not necessarily a great foothold. Yeah. Um, the independent uh, scene was harder to access uh, than ever, but the internet was maturing. Now, you can catch a GIF and go, oh, okay, I'm IWTV that. <laughs> And you go right to um, the internet, I think, is the big equalizer. I think that uh, it has opened up the crimp in the hourglass for being able right. to, you know, expose yourself to different um, companies for booking. Mm -hmm. You can send them a video in the DM yeah. and talk business on Twitter. If you're just the ADD, you know, minute businessman and you go, uh, I work here. I'd love to work where you are. This is what I can do. This is who I am. And a relationship can be established in minutes versus, right. you know, mailing somebody a VHS and yeah. all that kind of, and I've used the term 
Yeah, that's how long ago it was. <laughs> so I think when we interviewed um, Bruiser Graham, yeah, he said the same thing about mailing in tapes yeah, and everything. The it pictures tapes and tapes. Oh, and I couldn't imagine. Yeah. And he, that's going back to late 80s, early 90s uh -huh. when he broke sure. in. Could you imagine being left on red for months? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he was going up and down the road with Jimmy Valiant that yeah. whole time. He's waiting. Oh, yeah. Well, he got to travel with him. But he said about 10 years he traveled mm -hmm. with Jimmy. No kidding. Road, yeah. road, I wrestled down there in Asheboro, uh, yeah. North Carolina, and been to a number of his shows. Yeah. Worked a number of his shows. Yeah. That's great. For being as old as Jimmy is, he's yeah, still, he's still, he's, he's still, still going. Oh, yeah. Still got a lot of energy. Still kicking. Mm -hmm. yeah. Still Jimmy. <laughs> Love it. But uh, what are y'all struggling though with the social media and stuff? Is you reach a different audience. It's not just the same. For sure. It's not just the same normal, I guess, wrestling fans. You can reach other people that may not have seen it before that might get them into that. Nick, that's such a huge point because I've had the uh, privilege of being a guest on podcasts like yours uh, and unlike yours. I was right. recently a guest on the uh, Sledgehammer Horror Show, and oh, okay. they, they talk mostly horror. But mm -hmm. Ken was such a, a great open-minded host that he had me on talking about that. Um, talking about Friday the 13th, and oh, then we wow. talked a little bit of wrestling, and there's a, a keen overlap. Guys that would normally get made fun of before for being a nerd yeah. now roll with us because we love nerds who set up computers like this <laughs> and do a podcast. <laughs> wrestling, horror, uh, comics, mm -hmm. it's what? It's art. And it's and it's great yeah. that we can all be artists that are into the same things differently. Yeah. And we can respect that. And while this guy might love this over here and I might not understand it, there's still an overlap. Yeah. And we all love some degree of violence. Uh I think it's yeah. human nature, yeah, everybody. Sure. And it's fun to be able to meet people where they are and meet more people in less time. Uh, and then you can cultivate those relationships as it suits both parties. Definitely. Well, side question then. I'm you ready. That up. What's your favorite Friday the 13th movie? Uh, I answered that on the podcast. You're going to have to go back and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Ken. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there is such a, a, a fellowship of nerds. And it, oh, and I've got to plug this. My, my intro music is uh, actually produced by my brother, who I mentioned earlier, okay. the original wrestling fan of the house. Yeah. Um, he is the front man for Embrace the Oblivion. So Lee okay. Ashby is the front man for the rising metal band Embrace the Oblivion. Okay. And the hit single, Bind the Wolf, is what I will come out to every time. So yeah. uh, it's, check that yeah, out too. it's amazing that he can go from being a Marine mm -hmm. and a music nerd who loves metal and can sing 80s falsetto so amazing. Uh, he, they shred. They absolutely shred. And I'm not just putting them over because my brother. They have a real talent. And watch out. They're they're on their way. That's awesome. That's uh, seeing all these local guys and musicians and even wrestlers, you know, gaining popularity, a lot of it being through the social media, mm -hmm. is just is a great thing to see. Yeah. But there's a an element of you have to deliver. You can't just suck. You can't just put yourself out there and be like, oh, this is what I've got. I've got. No, you have to bring value. Yep. And that's mm -hmm. what you guys are doing. You're bringing real value. You're getting great guests. I heard some of the names that you have on your your, uh, your, your roster of, of guests. And I think you're really doing something special for uh, people that want to access a grassroots wrestling right. product. Uh, get some perspective. I hear you talking about the pay-per-views and the shows that are coming along. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be a uh, kind of a live guest that doesn't really stick to the format too well. Yeah, no, we, that's great. Uh, I love that. Because we prefer <laughs> to be more natural and yeah. free flowing. Because going, a lot of interviews they got this list they'll go by, and they'll stick directly to that yeah. bullet point by bullet point. It just it drags and it feels kind of stale. Well, it's, it's and, a, there's a formula that they stick to. You know, a lot of them, mm -hmm. and it's just everything is the same. Yeah. No matter who's there, it's just the same feel, the same. Don't want to be that person. No, well, I'm glad be to be on show. all the different podcasts yeah. that I can be because I would say that podcasting and uh, I like I like the businesses done in the Twitterverse because it's very ADD. It's short, direct to the point. Yeah. This is my opinion. Take it or leave it, retweet yeah. it or not. And I'm cool with that. I, I have a decent following on Instagram and Facebook, mm -hmm. but that's much more long tail you know, people that take their time to consume that kind of content. Right. Uh, and I'm not 
putting pictures of me in my wrestling trunks and looking sexy <laughs> anywhere. So it's just a, you get what you get. Uh, if you don't like the mustache, move on. Um, That's right. But we're, we're, we're in the crux of uh, a great time in wrestling. I feel like more places to work than in a long time. Um, I'm looking forward to picking up bookings, not just in the mid Atlantic, but uh, I definitely have a hit list of places that I definitely want to see my name on. You know, that's, and that's another thing, too, is there's, there's so many different types of wrestling. Now. Sure. You know, some people may not like WWE, so they watch AEW, or they may not like AEW, they're going to watch Ring of Honor or yep. MLW. You know, there's just so many different places that are all distinct, have their own style now. And thank heavens we had the internet that allows us to access all those different Definitely. stuff to determine what we like the most. Right. And when you're talking about independent wrestling TV, uh, giving us access to... Uh, this product or that product, we can go, okay, so Deathmatch scares me. I like <laughs> strong style, but right. the light tubes just That's don't do anything. That don't, that don't turn me on. Yeah. So uh, I want to see the American uh, Lucha product. Yeah. I want to see Lucha Underground and see all the flipping flying and flying. Yeah. And, um, but still, not without the context of storytelling. Right. And I think that that's important. Uh, with the rise of like social media, you know, especially company you know, talk about wrestling, a lot of fans and different people are also getting like voices and sometimes it's in a good way. Sometimes it's in a bad way. How do you think, I'm trying to figure out a word, like social media has affected the wrestling business with the fans. So it's great and it's not awesome because uh, the kayfabe being either thrown out the window Pretty or much. you can, or you limit yourself by staying in a character that a company, organization, writers, uh, bookers don't understand. Right. And yeah. so they go, well, I don't like that guy's mask, so I'm not calling him back. Or he, he's not, he can stay out of my DMs because I'm not booking him. Yeah. And they don't understand. They could be missing out on something special. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the opportunity to move merchandise has uh, opened up a great deal so you're not limited i will tell you that last time i worked i always sold out my t-shirts i had pretty cool uh, muscle mafia t-shirts and it looked like the hands with the you know the puppet strings mm -hmm. like yeah. a, a godfather yeah. thing the marionette. And, yeah and i <laughs> and i sold a t-shirt really really well yeah. um but i could only sell what i had my hands on to yeah. sell to the people at the show now you can go on my shopify page and you can buy a patent t-shirt and i've got fans in places I haven't even wrestled yet right. that are interested in buying product and they don't even know if I'm good or not. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but I'm good. <laughs> and then, but without taking a bump, I can still earn for my family, right. which is important. And it, and that's another thing to think about. Did you ever think you'd get to that point where you're, like you said, you're selling merch to people that have never even seen you wrestle, but they want that? Yes. Yeah. I knew that that was coming. I just didn't know how to access it as Gamble 10 years ago. Right. Uh, I have experienced that with the book, um, book sales, book creation. Mm -hmm. I was, before it even published, I was reading a chapter a week live on Facebook live wow. and okay. getting thousands of viewers and hundreds of comments and realized that I was onto something. Right. Wow. So being able to connect with your audience in a meaningful way, mm -hmm. um, without necessarily being there when they read the book. Right. I found that recently I had come to that revelation that I love wrestling so much because I get to tell a story mm -hmm. in real time and see their reaction. Right. I Absolutely. wish that people could read my book and I could not just, I thank you. If you read uh, my book and write a review in Amazon, thank you. I appreciate that. But if you say I understood the characters and I cried when the story went up and took me to that place, or I felt, or I laughed at the joke that you wrote. You wish you could see what yes. the reaction is as a reading. I mean, could you imagine Nicholas Sparks being, able to access his female readership yeah. as, they, <laughs> as they swoon and cry and, yeah. and you know, and have and are instilled with hope and all that. Uh, we get to do that in front of a, a live audience. Right. And if, and if yeah. they're not getting it, if they're not feeling it and you, you go like this and they don't give it to you, you go right back to your opponent and you bring it just a little bit more yeah. and you can yeah. engage them a little bit more, uh, with a little bit more ferocity yeah. or, uh, you know, tenacity to show that fighting spirit that they're, Oh, I, I didn't believe in him before, but he's yeah. he's really taking a whooping, and he just won't quit. Yeah. You know, it's that Rocky. You know, does he does he win the fight? He just he just gets he just stands back up. 
I mean, we he are quit. we are pulling from yeah. just to get to his yeah. feet. Don't get yeah. that ten count, man. Get to your feet, yeah. and we have the ability to create that on so many levels, mm-hmm. and, it's, and, it, and it's a real privilege. And especially working the audience to get to yeah. that point too. Sure. You know? If there's not any sympathy, you have to build that sympathy. That's it. If there's no heat, you got to make some heat. You get that heat. So when y'all, when you plan the matches backstage, a lot of people say they're pre-planned, but I know there's had to be times like y'all had to improvise to try to get the crowd invested in what y'all were doing. Right. There's a lot of improvisation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, I know that the TV product uh, is very time strict, yeah. and so and I look forward to learning how to work within that framework. Mm-hmm. Um, when I spoke with Sin, he says AEW was very very strict. He says, right. you know, a, a ten minute match can take five hours to go over, and I was I was impressed because I go, okay, you really invested the time, and you knew when you had to be exactly where you needed to be, mm-hmm. and I and I appreciate good order and discipline. And I pride myself on being able to go to that place. The artistic value doesn't have to be lost with that. Right. Um, but when I go over a match, I look for moments. Right. What's the moment we're going to create? Mm-hmm. I love surprising people with maybe looking a certain way and having people's expectation be that, well, that guy's a tough guy. He's really built for combat and then getting my face kicked off. <laughs> you know, a, a good cutoff spot you know, when you have the ability to take the wind out of the sails of your audience who is pulling for you yeah. and they're right along with you and they love that you're the champion and you're winning. Right. And, and then you just give them that, Oh God, is he going to be okay? Did he die? Yes. But I think that the important thing is to be, I guess the creative side is, is knowing what to sell when, um, and not to oversell, but not to, um, you don't have to lie. There's so much authenticity and moments for the reality of combat to be, uh, told, uh, my, my ear got boxed and that's the last match. And I kept going back to it. And while the refs hold my hand up, I'm still holding that ear because I still feel it. But when I got to the back, you know, I'm getting all these text messages. Is your ear okay? Are you okay? What happened yeah. to your ear? I'm like, I'm fine. I felt that. Yeah. And so that's what I told my audience. You got me. really sense. got me. Yeah. You don't have to overdo it. Right. But just something as simple as that. And you've already you got everybody, you know, it worked. You got everybody right there. So, we mentioned earlier, you know, what moment got you into wrestling? Mm-hmm. You know, the first time. What was it that made you get back into it the second time? I saw the first promotional ads for AEW starting to come across. Right. And this was early, early, early. And I saw a familiar face and I heard a familiar name. It was Hangman Adam Page. Okay. I had the opportunity to see him and be part of the match where he got his first strap. And it was a four-way with Corey Edsel. And uh, forgive me, I do not recall that that fourth gentleman's name, but it was Adam and I. And I remember the finish like it was last weekend. And they put this belt on a 17-year-old. You're not small anymore. <laughs> They're far from small. Respect. He was he was very, very slender, good looking, right. curly haired, fiery, could flip and fly like a nobody's business. And they put the belt on him at seventeen and I looked at him going, Oh, they must think you're about really say, something because about say, they must have seen something. You're so young. young and I and I had no problem. I didn't live in that section, uh, uh it was pure pro wrestling, uh yeah. down in and uh, where was it? North Carolina. Um, it was. I know the. I know the recreation center. I wrestled there dozens of we times. We talked about it. And you had told me. Was it like Ashboro or something? Ash. It might have been Asheville. Asheville. Asheville yeah. And and I tell you what. When I saw him, I go, that can't be the same guy. Because I mean, he's a grown man now. Yeah. But I, it also it also tells a story that I hadn't stayed too close to the wrestling product and seen all of his body of work right. when he yeah. did. Uh, his overseas stuff and ring of honor business because when I saw him as you know the first contender for the the AEW belt, I was like, 
Holy smokes, this guy is on fire. Yeah, and then the fact they put him up against Jericho. Of course. His first world yeah, title. They had he goes against Jericho. That's a hell of a match. And they still and he had, had a good match. So great. Exactly. Yeah, they, did, they, they did have a very good match. And so when he had his run as a tag team champs alongside uh, Kenny Omega, I go, holy smokes, Kenny Omega is a big deal. And yeah. you're neck and neck with him. Yeah. And I thought that yeah. was just so special. And, and so I'd love to see him again in the locker room. And if he remembers me, great. If not, <laughs> I get it. Uh, he's a busy guy. But um, really, I, I feel like that, and the and the timing. I I still wanted to use my physicality because I I don't feel as old as I am, and uh, I still have plenty of miles. And I believe that knowing that Chris Jericho had uh, crossed that threshold and seeing PCO, yeah, uh, that's so, another yeah, one. I totally his, didn't even think about him. That, well, don't sleep on them. Yeah, uh, yeah the older fellas that have stayed in the flow and kept their bodies whole enough to go. I mean, you're not going to take anything away from a Billy Gunn who, when he showed up last week on Dynamite, or might have been dark. Yeah. Gosh, he just walked through the curtain looking like two million bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he looked like fresh talent. Yeah, would he, get booked. Yeah, he's still in good shape. I mean, he looks better now than he made years for sure. So huge respect for the guys that really take the fitness seriously and apply it without letting that overshadow. You know, because there's there are definitely we've seen bodies that look great, but they don't work so great. And, yeah. And then we yeah. and then we've seen other guys that are amazing, but they just haven't put enough into their look right to move ahead. You know, we might know wonderful workers in the Indies that we go, man, this guy's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. But if he doesn't have a total package to present. He, might, they, he right. might find they himself when they get that. on the national stage yeah, because yeah. of little things like yeah. that. Yeah. They don't have the look. They don't have the style that whoever wants. That exactly. Kind of and, it, and it gets so muddy and subjective because, I mean, yeah. you have, there are always exceptions to the rule. And, uh, and that's a big thing that at the top we just said. It's very subjective. It is. We like what we like. Right. We're just talking about it. Because all yeah. three of us here, I can assure you, have a very different opinion on pro wrestling itself. Right. I know me and you, yeah. just between us, we have different yeah, opinions we, on different styles yeah. of wrestling. Sure. Because I'm very, I like the traditional, the old school. I really am into that. Yep. You know, um, I've not been the biggest fan of AEW. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot of things they've done that I like, but as a whole, I've not been the biggest fan because I've been more into that the traditional, I guess, tough guy style, you know. Yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with AEW. I'm not going to say, oh, nobody should watch it. It's garbage. It's just the worst thing ever. Uh, although, wouldn't be true. Although sometimes I have gotten in a rant where I'm just like, just, this, yeah. just you know, it happens. But, <laughs> sure. But it's just my preference. You have a lot to pick from now. Just, yeah. just don't talk to him about Kenny Omega. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> No, you got NWA and you got uh, Impact. It's really changed gears and there's a crossover. You got New Japan playing with AEW, playing mm -hmm. with NWA, playing with AEW. It's yeah. right now. It's a lot of fun. Impact yeah. is one that has really changed a lot. Mm -hmm. They so, have. Like when I first started watching, it was a whole completely different look. Yeah. Just the way they were doing things, I couldn't get into. Hmm. But then last year when I started watching it again, I was like, okay, it's. It's different. It's good. I like it. Yeah. Do you like the Don Callis and Scott Demore minds working together, what they've put together? As I'll catch it here and there. I don't follow it on a weekly basis. It's like every other week or so I'll watch it. And really so far, from what I've seen, the product has been fairly, it's been fairly decent. Right. Love it. Now, those two together, actually, they I think that's a pretty good Pretty good duo. Very creative them. team. And Don Callis, he's been around for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a hell of a mind for wrestling. Yep. Uh, so I don't know that much about him other than what I see on screen. And right. Well, like, I just remember seeing him as the Jackal. Yeah, of course. Was it the Truth Commission? Yep. That's old. I said, yeah, yeah, that's before, before me. <laughs> you got to be careful using that term. So <laughs> old around the table here. But... Uh, so how do you feel about them, like your impact, those guys, places like that? I feel like it's very smart. Yeah. I, I have no problem with – I don't want to get in trouble. I have no problem with all those belts being on one guy right. for a story. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. And, you know, seeing Christian peel two of them off right. and then yeah. – He's got well, and then they surrendered. Well, they yeah, retired they, the, yeah, the, the TNA, TNA title. title. Okay, um, I would love to see Nick Aldis. 
would love to see Nick Aldis defend that NWA title and bring Sweet Charlotte into that storytelling right. fold because we were just matters. talking about Aldis on the way up yeah, here. We were actually <laughs> talking about that on the drive here. He probably drove past his house. Really? Well, in Richmond. Yeah. Lives, that's right. Yeah, he does yeah. live in Richmond. Not his wife's in Richmond. Yeah, that's right. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey. I didn't think about <laughs> it. They're when busy we were coming up here. They're busy. They're yeah. Really nice. <laughs> but uh, absolutely, I would love to see those walls broken down. Um, because it gives it, uh, the workers an opportunity to be exposed to different locker rooms mm-hmm. and, and booking talent. Guys that are on the climb, if they felt like they haven't gotten the opportunity over here, they may be seen by somebody who is keen on what they're putting together right. and you know what they can do with them in a story that is just not even written yet. And I think that that's important. So you're kind of like, so pretty much you're, like, you're a fan of what AEW, Impact, New Japan, all of them have been doing with the talent exchange type of deal. I mean, I liked Lance Archer when he was in Japan. Yeah. When I saw him come over uh, to the TNT show, I, I thought, man, why, why isn't he getting a, uh, a title night or a title push yeah. uh, more quickly? I mean, he's absolutely murdering everybody. Yeah. He's a murder hog. It made yeah. sense. And I go, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and let's see what he can do. And I do appreciate what they were able to, to turn him into now and how they're using him. And I mean the the uh, United States title defense uh, IWGP and yeah. uh, what they've done. I, I love that Moxley's playing ball with everybody. Yeah, yeah he's uh, just going he's done a lot everywhere. everywhere. He had right. that, he had that match with Josh Barnett. The yeah, board, sure. Yeah, you know which that's going that's kind of going back to the roots, the catch wrestling style. And I love that. Yeah, and I love what Barnett's doing with that. And then, yeah, that's a smaller thing, but I like the style. The evolution the, in in a wrestler's talent doesn't mean that they have forgotten or left something, you know, to, to get cobwebs and, right. you know, too dusty. And when they bring it back, man, it's just special. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I love that. Yeah. I'm glad you had that moment. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's almost refreshing. Exactly. When you get that. Oh, yeah. You see that again. And I think that's why, like, I like some of that more traditional stuff mm-hmm. a lot of times because when you see it now, it's, oh, we kind of forgot about that. This is great. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, one, you know, we were talking about on the way up here, too. One tag team that keeps up with the old school style wrestling so well is FTR, and I feel like they're under appreciated. Definitely, uh, yeah. by and large, they've I mean they've made such an impact worldwide. Mm-hmm. And when they come in and they start knocking heads off, I buy it. Yeah, because they just, they make it look so believable. Yeah. They make it look like a fight. They make it look like a struggle. It's uh, Doc Gallows. I, I wouldn't want to mess with him. I wouldn't want to no. mess with. Uh, no. I wouldn't want to mess with uh, Cash. I wouldn't mess with any of those guys that are uh, of that ilk, that yeah. that mindset of like the tag team, knock your heads off. Um, I do want to see FDR back and, and rock and roll together because yeah. I know that he had a full on. Yeah, uh, yeah that was a great deal. Oh, yeah, I saw the video. Yeah, it was brutal. Wrestling's not. <laughs> yeah. That's not. That's not real. That didn't happen. That's he didn't really make up. But while we're talking about that fourth wall and everything being broken, I actually just saw the other day where they interviewed Samoa Joe. Yeah, and he said he's not a fan of that, which is interesting yeah. because that's where he came from. He came yeah. from those those places, and I was very surprised to see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you saw that too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't want to get too deep into it, but, <laughs> but I love Samoa Joe, and I do believe that a lot of his traction early on was built in a time where there was that crossover. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. I didn't hear the quote, so I don't want to miss definitely right misunderstand his context. So I know, like for a while, the wrestling industry years ago they were doing that crossover, and then they stopped. Yeah. I guess when Vince, you said when Vince McMahon had really started running. Yeah. Once. Current Vince McMahon Current took Vince over. McMahon, That's yeah. when a lot of those things went away from WWE because his dad used to have partnerships with New Japan and all kind of different places. You'd see other companies' belts sure. in WWE back then. Back when that was what the WWWF. WWWF. And yeah. you'd see all kind of different different people, different titles. They even had a martial arts title in there. No sure. kidding. Yeah. Well, if they can have an FTW title, they can have a martial arts title. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> And if you can imagine Billy Graham as a martial artist, that's a whole different. <laughs> did he hold that title? I believe he did. He, no kidding. So I've never heard about Billy that. Graham yeah. in karate gi with no hair and sunglasses. It's interesting. Never, when was that? Because I've never even heard oh, of that. Oh, that's early 70s, 80s. That's way, that's just way back 
you know, when everybody still thought Andre the Giant was like nine feet tall. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, predates me. <laughs> I just love the history. I go back and look at all different. Perfect. Yeah. So with all these current wrestling promotions now getting more of a spotlight, even the indies, you know, that are getting that push on so like on the internet and social media. What, in your opinion, what do you think is the best promotion, and who is really hitting it right right now? It's tough to say who's the best promotion. I mean, like who's really striking it right with the fans? I just feel like the collaborations are bringing fans together, mm-hmm. and and after the year that everybody's had of being shut in and yeah. limited, they're they're blowing the roof off the place. I, mean, I feel like that's so important. Live audiences. I mean, I, we're wrestling in front of fifty people. Yeah. And they were just excited to see people right. in the ring. The they they yeah, just wanted to be there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you went to a, a concert last night. Yeah, I imagine people were losing their minds. They were. Oh, yeah. They could have they could have missed notes and flubbed songs. And nobody would nobody would care. We're just here to have a good yeah. time. And I feel like the the companies that if you say who's the best, who's entertaining people, right. and it's yeah. not to me. It's not about numbers uh, as far as butts in the seats. It's like, who's being entertained? Right. And I feel like the AEW product gives us the most opportunities to be entertained. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got dark, you got you got new hour-long programs, two-hour-long programs every night of the work week. I mean, I'm doing cardio yeah. on a treadmill, and I'm watching. I can catch up with anything I need to you know, catch up on. And I love being entertained. I love being, you know, caught up and not having to go, okay, well, who's this guy? What's yeah, going on here? Right. <laughs> you know, I miss Joey Janela. I miss Joey Janela. I don't see enough Joey Janela. Now what? He's usually on dark <sighs> now. Well, he's a, he's a, an indie legend yeah. star. Yeah, and like, when they brought him into the fold and he brought some of that style yeah. that he had, I mean, his, oh, man, I'm stepping on toes. When he had his hardcore match with Kenny Omega, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just felt like he was bringing it. And when, I mean, him and Moxley, great combination. I mean, Definitely. I, just delicious. I love their, their their tight work. I mean, I love snug. I mean, show me a fight. Right. What's well, like uh, that? Did I, did I, did you watch it? It was Ishii and Moose. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't get to see that yet. From the uh, LA show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was just going to say that's yeah. just come by. Yeah. Did you see, did you see that? Mm-hmm. Dude, that was, that was great. It was the, uh, it was a, a young looking trim Moose fighting like the big Moose. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like before he lost all that weight. <laughs> yeah. And he was fighting like he was a big dude, yeah. like crushing. And, and Moose great. has been great lately. Mm-hmm. I've been yeah. really impressed because he's totally leaps and bounds of where he was three or four years ago. Yep. And but he brought, again, kind of brought some of that back yeah. to that fight. Ugh. Just the, the heavy hands exactly. and all that. It was heavy. Moose, you know, hasn't really been a name I've heard of until lately. Right. And then the last year. Like when y'all said he had yeah. just blown up. missing up. You got to go back. Yeah. And, and if you want to know where you stand, go go wrestle Ishii. That's a good way, <laughs> that's a good way to figure out where you. That's a measuring stick for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, talking about all these different promotions and everything else, uh, what's some of your favorite matches that you've seen lately? You know, so everything going on. It's like you're just wrestling every night of the week now. Yeah, Shit, and, and, and I'm, I am consuming so many hours, and I have a notebook, and i got my notes in my phone, that mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I want to make that spot work, or I want try this out, mm-hmm. or tweak this so that I can make it work for my character, because I'm right. still putting yeah. that together. Mm-hmm. Pat is a no nonsense, you right. know, cigar smoking, whiskey sipping, ass whipping right. veteran that has just had enough yeah. and is not he's not flying long hair mm-hmm. and he's and he's just a little bit ugly now, but he's <laughs> but he's but he's really he's just bringing a fight. And yeah. I think that that's been uh, conveyed in my in my recent work. Right. And I think that type of character, especially, also with a lot of people, that type of character is almost click with a lot of yeah. people. Sure. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, we're really just getting it ramped back up. You know, I was I was sorry that I missed last night's booking because they you know, the building was I guess damaged with some flood stuff down oh, in wow. oh, Burlington. Okay. Yeah. So they had to move the venue date. What is the next event that Pat is going to be wrestling at? Uh, so I've really got a sweet spot for the Mid Atlantic, mm-hmm. and I know that there are eyeballs on. Tennessee again. Tennessee's a real hot spot, so I definitely okay. want to be out in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, making some noise. 
Um, but North Carolina is uh, near and dear, and I'd love to get down to uh, PWF. I know that the Carinos just had a father-son 25th anniversary match that I can't wait to see. I know that they delivered. Um, anybody that has rolled with my guy Lance Lude uh, with the Mighty Ducks, they are the ugly ducks. Uh, <laughs> and trust me, there are some ugly ducks. Um, but they they really do uh, have that that Carolina edge to pro wrestling that I mean. I don't know if you know of anybody else that's coming to North Carolina that's done well with pro wrestling. <laughs> AJ. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I can't wait to get down to, uh, to check out American Lucha mm-hmm. and PWF. Um, I'd love to get into the championship wrestling. Uh, they've got different markets. They've got the Atlanta. They've got their Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to see what you do out there. I know, like, the one that comes on TV a lot, I see championship wrestling from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know? And I hear them talk about Memphis, but it never, I don't ever see it come on TV. I'm sure it's locally syndicated out yeah. there. Yeah. Which is great. We're in the wrong spot. I wonder how Hollywood would be syndicated out here. That's just, that's one that kind of gets me a little. dollars out Yeah. Maybe. That could be. But they're entertaining to watch too, though. Yeah, they've, they've, had had a lot of, they've had a lot of big names come through. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. James Storm. He, he was on there. Yeah. Like, like last year, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, they had him in kind of right around the actually the time of pandemic starting. He yeah, was a big name they brought in. So, well, I would love to be able to find him in the NWA world. I still love Billy Corgan and what he's yeah. done. Yeah, um, I know that they had to trim things down operation wise yeah. last year, but you yeah. know uh, they're putting things together with the, the all women's pay per view. Yeah, definitely power. Excited yeah. about some. Some stories, and I'm sure some legends are kind of being made out there uh, mm-hmm. with that. But yeah, NWA would definitely be a, a company I'd like to work for and put that on the resume. Yeah, uh, one one guy who really grew in NWA was Trevor Murdoch. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's done he, some of his best work. His name just there. exploded when he went to yeah, NWA. Sure. And then you know him and Aldis, that's going to be great. Mm-hmm. No, so those those. Well, yeah, you want to see hard hitting. Yeah, yeah. Trevor Murdoch, it's that's old school. They're going to bring out the best in each other. I'm yeah, sure. definitely. definitely, definitely. So what's a what is a dream match that you want to have one day? If there's one person in particular that you would like to pick to have a match with, that you think you could have a great match with? So before I go to hopes and dreams, I know that in the immediate, I've been trying to get the attention of Man Scout Jake Manning. Mm-hmm. who's pretty busy. I can appreciate that he's started his own podcast. Mm-hmm. He's on YouTube. He's got his Man Scout Monday thing. That's right. fine. He's working for some pretty big promotions. He's mm-hmm. made his way onto my TV. So respect. But he handed me a loss 10 years ago that I am not willing to just take to bed. I just can't. Right. So uh, if he's watching... I'd love you to answer me back because uh, we had good chemistry. And I know that's weird coming from a real soldier talking to a man scout. (laughs) But I would love to go again. Another name that uh, I worked with in the past that I'd love to be able to revisit because he has matured so much as an immature guy. He's matured a lot. And that's Caleb Conley with a K. Uh, He keeps good company. Uh, mm-hmm. With a certain alien uh, from the Andromeda gotcha. galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, gotcha. and uh, it's it's cool to see the people that have stuck in the business or stayed mm-hmm. stayed the course in the business and have stayed relevant and whole. Yeah. Like he's not broken. I'm not saying I want to pick a fight with somebody that has got one leg. Yeah. You know, I'm not picking somebody that you know isn't doing well. And these guys are still reaching, and right. I want to fight somebody that's hungry. Yeah, but I also want to fight, and so that's what I'm calling out. That's what I'm about. I want to fight talent that want to um, work snug. I want them to want to give an audience, a live audience, uh, that moment where they go, you know, I I thought wrestling was kind of one way, but after seeing those guys go at it. This is different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were killing each other yeah. and without killing each other, you know, right. respecting each other's bodies and, and uh, understanding that it's a mutual thing. It's a give and take. Um there's a guy out in uh, Texas making some noise, Bryson Scott. Uh, and I've I've worked with him in the past. Mm-hmm. And again, talking about people that have matured in the business, I'd love to get my hands on him for sure. Um, and all the time that I've worked uh, alongside, I've never fought Phil Brown. 
Um, and Phil Brown, I mean, he's, he's held every title in the Mid-Atlantic there is to get his hands on. And uh, talk about work ethic. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd love to get a, a piece of Phil Brown. And even if there were just pieces of patent left in the ring afterward, it'd be worth it. <laughs> you said Phil Brown got them hellacious chops there yeah. too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. He got them Walter-style chops. <laughs> but it's not something that, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have to hold back with him. And I wouldn't want him right. to. Right. Yeah. And we and we both uh, you can go go all the way and not have to worry about it. Exactly. So for a lot of people, I know a lot of people that are just beginning their training and coming up through training now, what advice would you give people who are just getting their beginnings? Pay attention to the story you want to tell. Learn how to tell a story. Um, maintain your fitness. Your body is what you're giving to right. Uh, your opponent, and if you don't have some, something to give, you're not you're not really being very generous. And so, if you give somebody something to work with, then you have a higher probability of having uh, good and even great matches. Uh, you don't want to overlook your look because it matters. Social media tells us that you know the outward appearance, but it's got to go all the way through. Um, don't be afraid to talk to people. Stay in character in social settings. Uh, I don't mean be a heel and get yourself arrested, <laughs> but I do. Mean, but I do mean practice. Right. You know, practice, 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 and that means cutting promos on yourself in the mirror uh, while you're, you know, getting ready every day. Do it. I mean, find out the story that you can tell best and practice that. That's that's the advice that I would give because I feel like having moves. And being able to do high spots, that's it has its value. But if you're not telling a story that's worth listening to, you're not going to go for it. You're not accomplishing much right. without that story. You're just that's doing it. spots. Yeah. I mean, there's there are enough places to find entertaining uh, gymnastics mm -hmm. and aerobatics and that kind of thing. Uh, extreme sports are a thing for a lot of reasons. And mm -hmm. if you want to do that, do that. But if you want to be in the pro wrestling business, you got to take it seriously and be able to tell a story. Uh, it's going to engage audiences. Give them something to talk about when they get home. You know, I thought, man, Patton was just, I thought he was really going to get that guy. Man. He went flying over the top rope, just a simple splash, and he got his face kicked off. Man, that really, man, that really surprised me. I thought he was going to win that, or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Tapping the creativity. So one more question, I guess, before we kind of wrap this up. In the next 10 years, where do you want to see – Doc Patton, go to. So in the wrestling business, in 10 years, I, I want to be able to still show that I can go because there's a certain, I guess, birthday hash mark in the timeline of life that's significant. 10 years, I'll be knocking on 50s. Right. So I'm not, I'm not 40 yet. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I'd love to be able to show my sons who got to see me perform live for the first time last week oh, uh, awesome. that, that Pop's still able to go. And uh, I still want to challenge myself and set new goals for myself physically. Right. And, and when it comes to telling stories, I, I love being able to uh, strike a balance between the work that I do uh, Monday to Friday and, and the wrestling business and, you know, tucking it all in. Um, I'm a, I'm a go-getter when it comes to living life. Hmm. And uh, there's a lot to do. It's a lot to do. A lot of people need a lot of help that I hope I'm able to uh, be a part of. And then a lot of people need escapism because there's so much stuff going on um, in the world globally that can take our attention and put us in such a, a negative place that I love being able to bring something positive into people's lives. A great experience, you know. There's just a lot of value that I want to bring over the next 10 years across a number of platforms. It's not limited to just the uh, squared circle, but in the books that I'm writing, uh, the characters that I'm developing. Um, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm still inspired. So 10 years is a long way off. For me. I think 10 years is a long way off, but uh, I'll pack a lot in there, I'm sure. Doc, thank you for coming on the show with us. and allowing us a road trip. And we appreciate you inviting us into the office yes, for this opportunity. Again, Doc has written stories and books, you know, best-selling books. You know, you can find them on Amazon. It's 1,300 yeah. hours. You got it. And what was the... You said you had a series of short he stories. He had a series of short stories, too. Heroes and Ghosts. Heroes and Ghosts. And that isn't available 
Not just yet. yet. Not just yet. So we're going to be looking for that yep. here in the near future. Yeah. Yep. So uh, anything else you'd like to plug, mention uh, while we're on here? Uh, let's see. I've got sponsors that are always great to me. Um, Rockwell Watches. They keep me knowing what time it is. Um, <laughs> uh, Patriot Beard Supply keeps this mustache groomed and smelling so good. And uh, they've been supportive of me for, gosh, seven years now. Uh, okay. I've been working wow. with Mac okay. at uh, Patriot Beard Supply, just a little less than that. But, uh, yeah, Rockwell put together a dang good watch, and uh, they are always supporting. You can all, you can always find a sale. They're always supporting our frontline guys. Yeah. Uh, Amazing, amazing uh, family out of the West Coast in Utah. So, okay, um, check them out, Rockwell Time. Jesus, so. Rockwell watches. All right, you said Patriot Beard Supply. Patriot Beard Supply. Can't yeah, go I got, wrong. I gotta find something to clean this up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Now, but I appreciate you having me on the show. It's always uh, a great time uh, cross pollinating the fan uh, stuff. Share this when you see this. Don't just listen to it. But give us a five-star rating on all the platforms. I love that you're on so many platforms. Definitely. Uh, you guys are definitely uh, making the effort. And so uh, share it. Retweet us. That's be right. part of the conversation. Yeah, don't forget, you know, when you follow, you know, when you see us on social media and on YouTube, yep. don't forget to hit that subscribe button, that like, that follow, yep. retweet, you know, do it all. Share it everywhere. If you love us, even if you like us, you should do that anyway. Yeah. Just don't leave any bad reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bang Wrestling in the house. Appreciate you guys. All right. Thank Everybody, you. for those being first time watching, I'm Marcus. And again, this is Dr. Penn. And we are out. I'm Pat, and I'm sitting here with Marcus and Nick of Big Bang Wrestling. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. We know you're going to like it.